truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. All right, let's get to it. Greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio podcast. I'm Steve Dace, and in case you didn't know, I wore my name tag today. Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre are here with us as well. That's right. When uh, one of our Mucky Mucks, Gaston, was here last week, one of the things he requested was that we would wear more of our swag. That's another way of asking me, will I do more self-promotion? Well, let me think about it. Yes. Yes. Difficult. You drive a hard bargain here at the place. The management team does, but I guess... I guess we'll bite the bullet here and practice even more self-promotion because, you know, I've, I'm really timid where that stuff is concerned, right? Will we all be like Aaron and I wearing those masks with the eyes cut out of it and they're going to be like <laughs> Steve Dace faces? Yes, yes. And if you guys want to wear my face airbrushed on your shirts, you mean? It's not like that's ever happened before. That, that actually did happen, yes, as you know. Early in my career, yes. Two drunk guys were waiting for me outside the studio with my face airbrushed on their shirts. So, of course, I reacted by calling security. 888-900-3393. 888, because if, if two guys are doing that, they are here either to kill you or to, to, to make some indecent proposals. And I'm going to be a negative on either one, so thank you. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, although we're shadow banned there, so good luck trying. You can also follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. It's a jam-packed Tuesday coming up at the bottom of the hour. We'll have fake news or not. I'm still getting a ton of questions about what's truly going on with Chick-fil-A. I've gotten emails from several of you that have uh, even gone to your local franchisers uh, in your markets asking them about what's happening with Chick-fil-A. Matt Staver from Liberty Institute is going to be joining us here to give us the lowdown on this because he's done as much research on this topic as anybody has. So he'll be joining us next hour. And then for Pop Culture Tuesday, when we look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism, I'm going to have one final take for now on the whole conservatives for porn debate. Because I, th- I think there's a couple of aspects of the industry itself you, you may not necessarily be aware of, okay? So we're going we're gonna to talk about that. And then also a challenge to those of you that are in the camp of this should be banned because it's obscene and indecent. Um, I'm going to have a challenge to those of you in that camp on that side of the argument as well. So in, in true Steve Dace show style, we will uh, alienate everybody on every side of an argument. And then we're going to wonder why our Facebook page hasn't grown. Are we our own shadow ban? <laughs> Maybe we're not shadow banned. Maybe the problem is us. Nah. Nah, we're shadow banned. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're victims. We're shadow banned. That's clearly the issue. But before we get to all of that, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Pornstash. According to reports circulated yesterday, the Saudi Arabian national who shot up a classroom at the U.S. Naval Air Station in Pensacola late last week was outraged that his instructor had nicknamed him Pornstash 
making fun of his 1970s-style facial hair. The shooter killed three people before he himself was dispatched. Moving on and checking in on the impeachment hearings. The continuing pattern of behavior we've seen from this president should be a warning to the American people that it is a beginning of a dictatorship, which I have seen in Latin America. I've witnessed men in office abuse the power, inviting foreign interference. A series of new battleground state polls from Firehouse Strategies and as cited by Axios, Donald Trump is leading against his competition in three key states. In Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan, he leads Warren, Sanders, Buttigieg, Bloomberg, and Biden, all by fairly hefty margins. Speaking of Joe Biden. Hunter Biden, your son, was getting paid a lot of money to serve on the board of a Ukrainian energy company facing serious corruption charges. You were the vice president running point on Ukraine. The average Joe hears that and says, that sounds fishy. What's your understanding of what your son was doing for an extraordinary amount of money? I don't know what he was doing. I know he was on the board. I found out he was on the board after he was on the board. And that was it. And there's nobody... Well, you've had a lot of time. Isn't this something you want to get to the bottom of? No, because I trust my son. Senator Ted Cruz got into it with Chuck Todd on Meet the Press over Ukraine recently. You're you're trying to make, you're trying to equal, make them both seem equal. I don't, I don't understand that. Chuck, Chuck, I understand that you want to dismiss Ukrainian interference because A, they were trying to get Hillary Clinton elected, which is what the vast majority of the media wanted anyway, and B, it's inconvenient for the narrative. You know, it's hysterical. Two years ago, there was article after article after article in the mainstream media about Ukrainian interference in the elections. But now the Democrats have no evidence of a crime, no evidence of violating the law. And so suddenly Ukrainian interference is treated as the media clutches their pearls. Oh, my goodness. You can't say that. Last week, Chuck, you called Senator John Kennedy basically a stooge for Putin. I did not. The press but needs don't to stop basically. being ridiculous Senator, and just and, and acting like they work for Adam Schiff. Washington Examiner headline, The Misguided War on Pornography and the Return of Right-Wing Puritanism. Sports Illustrated tweets, congratulations to Megan Rapido, the 2019 Sports Illustrated Sportsperson of the Year. LGBTQ Nation headline, lesbian makes history as first out Miss Universe pageant contestant. Learning Spanish today, today's phrase is, lesbian is a weird first name, but whatever. Lesbianas es un nombre extraño, pero como sea. President Trump visited the Israeli-American Council's National Summit recently, and this awesome moment happened where Trump is greeted and subsequently hugs a number of individuals right up there on stage who appear to have Down syndrome. Last week, a banana duct-taped to a wall at Art Basel, Miami, sold for $120,000. This week, the art installation was replaced with the words, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Just thought that was the news you needed to know. And finally, as Campus Reform points out, college students love Medicare for all until they actually figure out what Medicare for all is. You know, the idea of government funded health care for everyone. Um, is that a concept you view favorably or unfavorably? Favorably, for sure. I, I do support Medicare for all. I do. I do think that every American deserves health care. I do support that. I think it's an important form of universal health care. I do support free health care for everybody. First off, uh, it is mandatory. So it would be uh, over 100 million people right now have private insurance plans that they like. They would be removed from those plans um, by the government. It would be mandatory and they would be put on the government plan even if they didn't want to. Is that something that concerns you at all? Um, probably, yeah. Yeah, I mean, as a Bernie supporter, I think you do have to um, give up some choice just for the benefit of everyone in society. 
So the second part, uh, it would eliminate private health insurance, the entire industry. It would be just under a million jobs would be eliminated because That's all unfavorably, insurance moved to the government. Unfavorably. Unfavorably. In the Bernie Sanders proposal, it would be about $32 trillion over the next decade. Um, that would be uh, every American paying about one-fifth of their income towards funding it. Is that a concern? Yes. You have to pay for it? Yes, so taxes will go up. We, you still have to pay for it? I don't support that. And that's what happened while we were away. Would I have to pay for it? Aaron, how are you feeling about the USC game? Um, I, I, you know, Iowa opened up as a favorite. I'm not so sure. I would, I would much rather play USC than Washington. Washington is playing for the coach right now, so I think that that's a pretty good job. uh, You know, draw. But playing a USC team with a lot of talent, but they're just in in deceitful, or you know, they're they're just upheaval. I should say right now, disheveled, upheaval. So I like that. Um, I really wanted to see Washington and Oregon or uh, Wisconsin and Oregon in the, in the Rose Bowl. And that's what we're going to get to see. For this conversation to have the most power, I think you just need to lock the camera on Steve's empty chair. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. 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 I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, do do we still have to pay for that though? Eh. Medicare for all, even if I'm in favor of, of free health insurance. Why are you coming back, man? We were doing just fine talking about random stuff. Get the legs stretched out after the workout. Feeling good, limber? What I have to pay for that? Good intentions pay for themselves, Steve. What I, I have to pay for that. How old do you think he was? How old do you think he was? 18, 19. At least? Yeah. At least. So right now he's probably operating a motor vehicle somewhere. Yeah. Able to procreate. Mm-hmm. We're so effed, man. Yeah. Nothing some pronoun so, pixie dust can't fix. We are so effed. Aaron's Montage is brought to you by our friends over at Patriot Mobile. Everything that was in Aaron's Montage, there's a relatively decent chance your mobile phone company is funding that. In fact, let me just, let me bring you even more glad tidings of great joy this time of year. There's a relatively decent chance that whoever made this microphone I'm using, their company's funding it. Whatever company you work for, relatively decent chance they're funding it. Whatever product you actually want to go and buy, relatively decent chance that most of the manufacturers of that product are funding that. So when you have an opportunity to do business with the people who aren't funding that, 
maybe take full advantage of it. And that's where Patriot Mobile comes in. The same 4G LTE coverage you get from absolutely everybody else. But without all the stuff that was in Aaron's montage. All right. So if you want to take advantage of a great deal right now, in fact, uh, when you switch to Patriot Mobile this month, you get a free Moto Z3 Play, a free Moto Z3 Play. When you make the switch to Patriot Mobile this month with plans starting as low as $25 a month, a free Moto Z3 Play. When you make the switch right now at Blaze or PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze. That's the promo code to do this online. All right. PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze. I, I got to tell you, I'm just completely broken right now. I don't know how I'm doing another two hours of this. I, I just, I even knew that was coming. I'm the one that suggested the video. I'm the one that, I'm the one that sent it to Aaron. I knew it was coming. And yet, still, when, when they knocked on the door to say, these are your loved one's remains, I, I'm, I'm still broken by the news. PatreonMobile.com slash blaze. Is that what they're still using or did I give the even the wrong the promo code? The promo code, code is Z free. Is it is, I gave you even the wrong See, I'm 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 shattered. I am completely shattered. Promo code Z3 at patreonmobile.com. Z free. What did I say? Three? Yeah. Now I can't even talk. I'm I'm out. Stuff like this ever happened to Beck or just to schmucks like me. I am completely and totally broken by that video because I know that guy's marrying one of our daughters somewhere having kids patreonmobile.com slash blaze <laughs> just wow uh, okay or give him a call 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 the number <laughs> Call instead. The right? silver lining here is maybe Michigan football doesn't seem so bad now. Yeah. Call the number, okay? 877-367-7524. 877-367-7524. And then when you go to have to get done making the switch to Patriot Mobile, if you switch phones, maybe take your old one and go grab that young man and whip him with it because he he, 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 his, clearly his daddy didn't do that to him enough growing up. I threw that last part in. I threw that last part in for free. How do you think he thinks it happens? Because he was the guy at the beginning that, yeah, I, I support free health care for everyone. I, I don't. I, 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 there aren't. Are, are, you, are you trying to end me with a question like that? Um, just there are go, no good right answers. Right in your coattails as usual. They're, 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 those coattails. You want to get are, nuts? Let's get nuts. They're, they're shrinking right now. In fact, they're puckering as we speak. Right. Now I'm the guy. I'm backing into the shrub. Yes, those coattails are like stepping, riding those. You want to just step on a rake right this moment. I couldn't get through a live read, okay? That I've done this for nine months. I have it memorized, and I couldn't say it. All right, so you might want to find some ride that guy's coattails. Everything's free in his world. Those are the coattails you're going to want to ride. Let's get to the rest of Aaron's montage because life. By the way, one more cherry on top. Uh, you know what university uh, that was at? Which, which one, Aaron? This is the content I'm here for. Uh, um, for first name rhymes with gorge, and last name rhymes with Washington. That was at George Washington University. Somewhere in one of the rings of hell, Antonio Gramsci smiles. 
well, in, you know, in, in, in between being sodomized with a pineapple, but some in between those, uh, the bouts of torment, he is smiling and saying, mission accomplished. That's your long march through the institutions right there. The university that bears the father of our country's name with that level of radioactive and toxic dumb. So when I decided I wanted this to be the topic in the overtime today, um, we're going to, because when we talk about revival or bust on our show, and if you're a Blaze TV subscriber, it'll be up for you later today. If you're not one, blazetv.com slash dace, how you can get a subscription to Blaze TV to not just our stuff, but all of the stuff and all the bonus stuff that we do every day here at Blaze TV, blazetv.com slash dace. But uh, we're going to, we're going to discuss that clip in the overtime in more detail from campus reform, because to me, it really comes down to do we as a conservative industry, sorry, I misspoke there for a moment. Uh, do we have, do we as a, as a, as conser- as a conservative industry, do we have a mechanism by which to reach that generation with the realities that they're actually signing on to? Because you did see some light there, right? When, when, when forced to confront some of those specifics, um, you know, you saw people kind of backtrack a little bit, right? Yeah, sure. The question is, though, do we have a means by which to deliver that information? Because I don't think we do. In fact, I don't think we're even very interested in it. You know, you, you, we're, we're still posting about the IG report that is nothing, means nothing, will result in nothing, and is nothing. And I don't know if that's because that's the content most of our potential customers want, or if if that's just the content that the people funding these entities want them to write about, I don't I don't know the answer to that. I'm not into the weeds. I live in Iowa. I don't hang out, you know, with the mucky mucks of conservative ink. But um, regardless of whatever the reason is, the result is the same. The focus isn't on that because if we, if we don't have a means by which to reach that generation with the facts. Of, of the sloganeering and brainwashing they have been subjected to, then at that point, it's revival or bust then. You, you have no civic means to hold this back. And so it's an act of God or you played yourself. So we're going to discuss that today in the overtime on our panel. Let's get to the rest of what's in the montage. So apparently the state, the official state-sponsored explanation will now not be terrorism, but he was triggered is that what we're going to be fed? Uh, uh, with which, uh, which topic? The, the Saudi uh, Pensacola shooter. I don't know what you're talking about. That never happened. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Can't you just see that? that that's, that's, it will now not be terrorism, right? We're not, we'll, we'll now be told that uh, he was triggered by the uh, uh, heteronormative uh, patriarchy that not just assumed his gender, uh, but then his uh, um, uh, his his uh, sexuality at the exact same time, and I mean, this is I mean, how how would you expect someone to react when you know when they have been so violated? Is that where we're? Is that otherwise? Why is that even relevant to this story? Do you know anybody? Well, Unless you're setting it, up an alternative state-sponsored explanation from the uh, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself crowd. Unless that's what we're doing here, you know, and we got to make this thing go the way of the Las Vegas shooter. By the way, I, 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 that's another thing. I, 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 I was worried that Trump would not be authoritarian, would be too authoritarian, and now I wish he was actually an authoritarian more. 
we were we were worried that he would uh, you know uh, throw out toss out low lying fruit and conspiracy fodder. Now we're talking about he's actually his administration's going to actually pull off a conspiracy. Oh no no this is this is an Obama like era explanation. Well no he was triggered. Okay, uh, workplace violence. Why don't they just go with that over at the Pensacola Air, Air Base and bow to the Saudis like Obama did? And let's just go ahead and get busy living or get busy dying. Merry Christmas, Todd. Well, he may as well be a victim of porn shaming on the very week that conservatives are defending <laughs> porn. It's perfect. You God know, is funny. <laughs> God is funny. I'm pretty gobsmacked right now. So I believe this was my last... Um. And, I, and, and last is a couple of contexts, because I could have used the phrase most recent. But my last appearance on a cable news network is when I walked off the stage. So apparently I got put on the do not call list at that point. Yeah. Um, he won't, this guy's just not going to tolerate any of our narratives and uh, apparently cares less, uh, doesn't care as much about self-promotion as he claims, because he can't be trusted to, uh, when we wind him up uh, and have the monkey come out of the, out of the box and sing the song we want. Right. So I've not, I don't think I've been on a cable news show since last year when I walked off the set, when some lefty I've never heard of Dino Badala. Thank you. Uh, is, 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 that was his name. You're right. I forgot. Uh, but I'd never heard of him prior to this appearance on this mm-hmm. panel. And he accused me of being for Christian Sharia law, right? Yep. Do you guys remember that language? Mm-hmm. I do. I, I heard that term again yesterday. Yeah. You know yeah. where I heard it? Yeah, I thought of that too. Yeah. yeah. From the Washington Examiner. Yep. From the... <clears throat> conservative... I'm pretty strong. I can do this all day. Washington Examiner. Was that enough air quotes, do you think? No. No, I don't think it was either. Um, maybe I could do like that thing Moses did, where the longer he had his arms up, the, the Israelites won. Maybe the longer I do this, the less the Washington Examiner will write. And like in reverse? Yeah. I mean, it works yeah. for Moses. If I just keep doing this, they'll like, just stop writing stuff like this over there. What do you think? No? No? Probably yeah, not. It's as close to the mark as anything else these days. You talk about that, what right, you said right there, that you, what, do we have a means in our conservative movement to find it? What no. you just said, that's as good as anything they've got. Yeah. It, and, and now, now, now the conservatives. <laughs> it's like your own Jane Fonda workout yes. video. Yes. And a one and a two, right? Um, the conservatives now are going to throw the term uh, references to the Puritans around as the as a pejorative, okay? Now, for those of you that went to public school, pejorative mean, never mind, um, but the, the conservatives are now going to throw that around with the Puritans because, you know, um, we had an event, guys, recently. I, I think we have this thing every year, don't we? I think. It's on the, is it sharp? It's on the uh, fourth uh, Thursday in November, right? Hmm. Wasn't that just like a couple weeks ago? Wasn't it? You guys know the event that I'm referring to? You want to see a neat trick? Um, do you guys remember this event? Pen disappear. I can, I, I can make this pen disappear in my career. You're going to show us it. your scars. Yeah. I, I, oh, I, they, I've got more forming as a matter of fact. Um, 
Do you guys have you heard of this event before? Yes, pumpkin you know what it's spice called? commemoration day. It, yeah. it, it's no, that's you know that's a, an ongoing. Oh, it's Life Day, right? That's my three months. That's three crazy months at the Steve Dace household, right? Dance around with the Wookies. Uh, yes, the pumpkin spice days are three crazy months. That's what we call it at, at, at our house. No, but there's a specific holiday. Um, it, it starts with a T. Ring a bell. Nothing. Triggering day? Yes. Yeah. Um, it's called Thanksgiving. And do you guys know where that originated? By any chance? You guys know the bad, story of that? Bad people. Indeed. Some people. Ayn Rand. Uh, is that the day that she invented Festivus or something? Yes. That What happened is uh, John Galt yeah. was incensed at another increase in the capital gains tax. And so he, he, he windsurfed his way to Martha's Vineyard in order to protest this extraordinary intrusion of centralized coercive government, right? Is that a, is, is that a torsion? Yeah. Yeah. No? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. He windsurfed? He was a precursor of Greta Thunberg, man. He was a man ahead of his time. How dare you? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, some, some folks got on a boat and women and children, families, risked their lives, lived in squalor, I believe, for like three months. Um, you guys know what living squalor means? It, it, it means they were like living with their own waste because they didn't have indoor plumbing and the, and food was scarce. That's what, and they're in an open sea. That's kind of what it meant, in a way. Did they, they did, have internet though? Their white they, privilege disgusts me, Steve. And, yeah, I mean they 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 weren't so concerned about the capital gains rate, and they weren't sure what a Chevron doctrine was. Okay, but they were uh, they were riding here to shake a fist at the administrative state. No, uh, they were they were coming here for religious freedom. Uh, for those of you that went to public school, a religion is never mind. Uh, and so they were um, they were on a on a boat on a vessel, risking their lives to come here. And they uh, they, they they wrote the first governing document in the history of this country, named after their ship because they wrote it on the and ratified it on the ship there in their harbor, called the Mayflower Compact. And the court immediately overturned it, right? That, that's right. That's right. And we had to obey the courts. Yes. Yes. I mean, the courts, the British courts wanted nothing to do with this because they wanted to continue to persecute these people. And luckily, there was a conservative industry there to tell them to, you know, look for a conscience clause. Uh, and then, then in the end, uh, go ahead and just, you know, the courts have spoken. There's nothing you can do. Because um, they were, that was what they said the first uh, Federalist Society meeting. Hmm. And then, um, but they had a name. They called themselves something. I'm trying to remember who these people that really built America and wrote the first governing document that inspired our founding fathers. Do you guys remember they were called? What were they called? P-word? Yeah. Patsies? Patsies, yeah. Christo-fascists, Christian Sharia, clingers uh, pa- pa- on. Pa- patriarchs? Were they called that? Puritans, that's what they were called. Sounds judgy. Yeah. And 
um, they all had like 14 kids and they didn't believe in abortion and none of their children were born immaculately. So they, they were clearly very sexually repressed as a people. Um, so this is where we are now. This is where we are. You are now being asked to align with people who curse the very foundations and fundamentals that we are supposedly supposed to be conserving around here. You're supposed to align. Well, here's your choice. Align with the people who curse these foundations in order to, um, to stop the people who curse these foundations. It, it's, I mean, I know it's an easy choice for many of you. I, 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 can, I can see why this, this seems fairly stark, um, obvious even. Um, we have to align with our enemies so we can defeat. Yeah. Those folks over at the enemies. Washington Examiner, they'll lead the rainbow jihad right to your house, man, right to your home. They'll show them right where you're at, right where you're hiding your kids. They'll feel bad about it when they come to arrest you. They'll be tisk tisk. But you know, you should have taken more Koch brothers' money and and understood that this is all a libertarian revolution. And we wouldn't be here today, bigots. More in a moment. Back here on the Steve Day Show, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Fake news or not, brought to you by Relief Factor. If you're one of millions of Americans currently struggling with chronic pain, this is as a result of too much inflammation in the body. Relief could be just one website away. When you go to relieffactor.com and get that three-week quick start for just $19.95, that's right, they're letting you try this for a dollar a day. That's how confident they are in this product that they're willing to practically give it to you. Uh, way, way below cost because they're pretty confident you're going to see results and therefore you're going to come back for more later. I tried the three-week quick start as well, a little skeptical. You know, I, I heard this promoted before I was I came to uh, be on the Blaze platform just when I was a guest on various shows and you'd hear the host rave about it. I'm like, is it really that good? And then I started using this earlier this year and I am a true believer. It's going to be a part of my daily regimen for the foreseeable future. I've seen tremendous results with it and what I love the most about it is it's 100% drug-free, even though it's an all-natural formula created by physicians. So these are medical professionals who could prescribe drugs, but understand that in the end, you can help the body to heal itself in some areas, and inflammation is one of them. Now, if you've got a serious injury or illness, by all means, go get professional medical help. But if we're talking about joint pain, aches and pains, uh, the, the kinds of things chronic pain produces, give Relief Factor a try. The three-week quick start right now. It's just $19.95 at relieffactor.com. What do you have to lose for a dollar a day, except maybe finally and hopefully the pain at relieffactor.com. Let's get to it. It's fake news or not. I select the clips. These are from newsmakers and or news platforms, not from the left America. We've given up on them because they've given up on us. So we don't fact check enemy propaganda on this program. We're far more interested in what happens to the stuff that's fed to us by the people and the platforms who claim to be for us. All right. Are they giving us fake news or not? And we begin with Rand Paul. 
Yeah, I think we never fully realized that 15 of the 19 hijackers on 9-11, 2001, were Saudis. We haven't realized that they actually killed a journalist and chopped him up and dismembered him in a consulate. And now we have Saudi pilots coming over here ostensibly to train to be our allies, shooting our own soldiers. No, I think there shouldn't be any kind of easy forgiveness for Saudi Arabia. I'd put the whole program on hold. I would search all of these people. I would search all of their communications to make sure they were not complicit in this killing. And then I'd send them back home. And I'd put the whole program on hold until we find out whether Saudi Arabia truly is a friend and truly is willing to stamp this out. Saudi Arabia has spent billions of dollars spreading hatred of Christianity, Hinduism, Judaism, you name it, around the world. And Saudi Arabia needs to pay pay a penalty for this. Fake news are not there. Fake news are not there, Aaron. Uh, Complete and total and utter um, BS, although it sounds really, really nice, though, because uh, what what sounds really nice there is, of course, he's right about all of all of the things about Saudi Arabia and how they're terrible people. If only we had individuals in our government that had the power to do away with things like this program. like maybe a Senate or Congress or something and uh, don't come up with terrible ideas like this in the first place. If only we had something like that. So that's my answer. Do you think a president might has a lot of power where foreign policy is concerned? Would that be kind of not anymore? Would that, but that, but theoretically, maybe, maybe theoretically, do you think like a commander, commander in chief sounds like at least some powers implied, right? Implied, maybe? I don't know. Right, let, I don't let, know let, let's just say theoretically such an office existed that had such power. Okay? And let's say someone obtained that office and won it on the basis of wielding the kinds of power that you're talking about, Aaron. Okay? All right? And, and then let's say they had the ability through social media to get around traditional um propaganda aggregators and speak directly to you the american people hmm. right what would they what would, and, and let's say they had 67 million twitter followers that's a lot right i think that's a lot it's a few so it's, it's a few do you think they would in in the face of such a calamity do you think they'd be tweeting about these things in the last couple of days Read the transcripts. Us is a reference to USA, not me. Shifty Schiff. Witch hunt. Nadler just said, blah, 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 blah. Looks like very good Democrat support for US, USMCA. That would be great for our country. America's great USMCA trade deal, blah, blah, blah. To impeach a president who has proven through results, blah, blah, blah. I can't remember anything quite like this IG report, quoting Britt Hume. I don't know who, what report current director of FBI, Christopher Ray was reading, blah, blah, blah. By the way, doesn't the director of the FBI work for this guy? Who knows? Because didn't he fire a director of the FBI once before, I believe, or something like that? Okay. In a very long time, the FBI has had some dark day in its past, blah, blah, blah. You have to look at the 17 instances of misconduct cited in the report, blah, blah, blah. Retweeting Governor Huckabee, who's congratulating Bill Hemmer on getting a new time slot on Fox News. Hey. Then retweeting Mediaite. For we're also reporting that Bill Hemmer has a new time slot on Fox News. New polling shows Trump surging in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin. Now we're back to December 9th. Where is Adam Schiff? Blah, blah, blah. 
Don't let the impeachment sham distract from the fact Obama's FBI was blah, blah, blah. This is a cool tweet. President Trump shares the incredible story behind the prayer and song, God Bless America. Still nothing, though, on this. Um, I'm, I can, can, there's that. No, 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 no. Something from Geraldo. No. FISA abuse. Who runs the FISA program? That would be the president actually runs that program because he's the commander in chief. And so he's tweeting about FISA abuse, and yet it's a program he's in complete total jurisdictional charge of troubling. Um, read the transcript. Do nothing. Democrats are a disgrace. I mean, that, that part's true. Um, witch hunt. That's cool. Witch hunt again. Okay. Um, let our great soldiers fight. Okay. I'm not really sure what that means. Something with uh, Donald Trump as the heavyweight boxing champion. Now I'm back to December 5th. When was this shooting at the Pensacola? What date was that? Would have been uh, the 6th or 7th. Not a single tweet about this in his entire Twitter thread. Three Americans murdered. I don't have to ask, but I'm going to anyway. If Obama was president right now, Three Americans were murdered by a Saudi national on an exchange program with our aviation folks. Because, you know, there's no concerning history about Saudi nationals and America's aviation folks. No precedent there to be concerned about. Nope. Zilch. None. But if Obama were president right now and days had gone by and not a single public comment on the platform it uses the most to engage the people about this. What would we all be doing right now? Yeah. I know. I hate America and I'm um, for Christian uh, puritanical theocracy. Todd, your thoughts, fake news or not? You know, why, why do you and Rand Paul hate the price of freedom? Uh, I'm told... <laughs> This, these things are the down payment. I'm sorry that I don't. I'm, not, I'm, I'm helping the, the Democrats. And I'm helping the Democrats win again. Just. Damn it. Just watering the That's tree my New Year's resolution to stop helping the Democrats win by opposing their own policies. Yes, that's what I need this to do. This smells yes. like freedom to me. It smells like teen spirit to me. But let's get to the next clip. You're looking at this and the way the media is reacting, and it almost makes you think that they were ready to indict the president regardless of the facts. Oh, they were ready to indict the president before he even took office. And to put the media's obsession with impeachment into perspective, more Americans Googled Peloton this week than they did the word impeachment. Americans, uh, many of them have been over it. And it's interesting that Democrats and the media have yet to convince these crucial, moderate swing state voters that impeachment is the right path to go down. I also believe more Americans Googled cuckold. Uh, than they did America First this week. But anyway, Aaron, your thoughts? Fake news or not? What do you think, Aaron? Uh, this pains me because uh, I like Kelsey and I like the Heritage Foundation. That's complete and utter. That, that entire thing is BS. If it is true, which it probably is, that more um, 
is this BS or not? I, I keep feeling like I say that more and more often. It, I believe this. this segment is called creating, um, contriving content yes. to get on Fox News or not. See, I believe that's actually what it's now called. As, yes. Um, the, the entire context of that clip is complete and total fake news. If Americans don't care about impeachment, why are you in? Why are you contriving content and and just doing segment to talk about impeachment? After segment on impeachment. <laughs> this is like the political tribalism version, Todd. Of when your team pulls a big upset over a higher ranked team, and then your own fans start chanting "overrated." Why would you demean the big win that you just had? Does that does that logic make any sense? Over so. So this wasn't a big deal that we won this game. Then why are we then if they're overrated, why are you storming the court? Why are you storming the field? It's not a big deal beating these guys. They're schmucks. They're overrated. It's not nothing. It's nothing to absolutely celebrate. My answer is the same as before. This is the price of freedom, Steve. I'm reliably told by the best in our industry. This is what we must do. These are the shibboleths. We must speak. Otherwise, we have no country. They, she's she's a good foot soldier, doing what must be done. Otherwise, bad people win. Next clip. This case, in many respects, comes down to eight lines in a call transcript. Let me say clearly and unequivocally that the answer to that question is no. The record in the Democrats' impeachment inquiry does not show that President Trump abused the power of his office or obstructed Congress. To impeach a president who 63 million people voted for over eight lines in a call transcript is baloney. Democrats seek to impeach President Trump not because they have evidence of high crimes or misdemeanors, but because they disagree with his policies. Steve Castor has spoken. Can I just say... The last part should should have been all that he said. The line to impeach a president over eight lines in a call transcript. I don't know. It kind of depends on what's in those eight lines, right? Indeed. I mean, if the if you know how many lines was in the was in the Watergate transcript of pay off the plumbers and make this go away. How many lines do you think that was? <laughs> Gosh, does everybody suck at their job? Yes. It's, uh, it's I, the I, price I don't know. Of I could come up with some, I don't know about the rest of y'all, I could come up with certainly eight lines or less in many Obama transcripts that I thought were impeachable offenses. What do you think? If you like your, if you like your current plan, you can keep it. How about, how about the high crime and misdemeanor of wrecking my health care? All right, that was, that was, in fact, that's not even eight lines. That was just one. I mean, what a stupid defense that is, by the way. Okay, by a guy I'm sure is making a hell of a lot more money than me. Anyway, Todd, fake news or not? What do you think? It's... It's not fake news because more than parsing any of that, people were fascinated by the fact that he brought all his papers in in like a a sack that is u- normally used for the grocery store. This guy's an everyman, so he's totally j- legit, and whatever he said is as pure as the driven snow. My analysis on this is who is Steve Castor and why should we care? He dropped baloney. That's... And that's 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 always when 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 very formal people try their hand at Trumpism, they do stuff like that. That's complete and total balagna. You know, he said that in the rehearsal, and then someone pulled him aside and said, uh, "Sir, I know you've never eaten one of these sandwiches, but it's actually pronounced 
baloney. It's like it's like Duly somebody noted. it's like somebody like rehearsing a, a joke that they're going to do in one of these. Like <laughs> even though the president can name his son Baron, he can't yes. make him a Baron. Yes, and you know all of his all of our Manhattan socialite <laughs> Georgetown University faculty they just they just <laughs> peed their depends, knee, slapping their knees at that one. They couldn't they couldn't they couldn't come up with something funnier. Did you see Tom Brokaw reached his I'm out moment with all this? I didn't even know he was still alive. He he is an. Tom Brokaw just is like, oh, this, all, this all seems staged. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when he handed me his uh, Epstein didn't kill himself t-shirt. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> I, I hope he was wearing it when he said it. Accidentally red-pilled. All right. Let's see if I, I let's see if this is an earnest attempt at some real news. Watch this one. It's <laughs> just one one thing I want to say before we go to a break, and it's about last Sunday's segment on Rudy Giuliani. As I said last week, he was a transformational mayor and an inspirational leader. I have absolutely no wish to get into any kind of feud or fight with him. In this impeachment battle, the enemy is clear. Pelosi, Schiff, Nadler, and all the rest of them. We know the Democrats, as we've just been discussing, have been wanting to impeach this president since practically the day he was elected. But in my opinion, Rudy Giuliani and his associates inadvertently helped provide the Democrats with their latest ridiculous pretext. That's what I mean when I say that the president is not always well served by the people around him. Now, I know some of you didn't like what I said. I know you feel loyalty to Rudy Giuliani, not least because of his loyalty to President Trump. And I totally get that. But my loyalty is not to any one person, but to all of you. My job is to tell you the truth as I see it, so you know that whatever I say on whatever topic is my sincerely held belief. Let me first of all, before I find out, Todd, if you think that's fake news or not, I want to wish Steve Hilton well in his future endeavors and that I hope the exposure that he received on Fox News Channel uh, does well in lining up his next gig because I, I think he's... A, a promising voice for the future. Anyway, Todd, no, fake news or not? What do you think? Uh, yep. I don't. You're being a little cynical. I I think all that just is dimming the lights, putting on some Barry White. To, come on, guys. I love you. You love me. I love you. Yes, you. I like the Barney version, the Sandy Duncan Barney too, because that's like the most annoying. You love me, we're a happy family. And oh, I watched the poop out of those men when, that's I, when too she G. was little. No, you, you need to sexy this thing up a little bit. That was a love letter How about right a little there. Color Me Bad? Come on, baby. You want to you you go a little Color Come Me on, Bad? baby, we ain't going to let a little Rudy Giuliani get between <laughs> what you and I have going on here. This is, I've got this show... Gives a whole new meaning to the phrase deep state. Aaron, fake news or not, your thoughts. Yeah, Steve, if you're watching, uh, Hilton, that is, um, bless your heart, cuck. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, His attempt at nuance. And um, um, to to the cable news audience, his attempt there at nuance, his attempt at disdrawing distinctions... And and not just in between feeding grandma's palm her palm alls at the retirement home, uh, you know, uh, some level of discernment. I have to tell you, adorable, absolutely adorable. Oh, oh, wait, this just in. Tom Brokaw also just watched that from Steve Hilton. This all seems staged. 
I've got two more clips. Let's just go to the very last one. Can we go to the very last one? Do we have time? Let's do the very last one. All right. When you were tasked by one of these victims' attorney to look into Epstein, you interviewed some of his private pilots. What did you find? Well, that was the most interesting part. When I I started trying to contact his pilots, of course, his first pilot, who's his his most um, dedicated pilot, wouldn't talk to us. Um, he we knew he wouldn't because he's basically in cahoots with uh, Jeffrey. But we were able to find his co-pilots, and, and basically he said, "Listen, I flew the plane, I flew it all over the world, but I was never allowed to really leave the cockpit. I knew there was bedrooms back there. I knew that there was girls that shouldn't have been on the plane that were there, and I, I couldn't leave the the cockpit to go back and look, or I would get fired." But he, he did tell me some interesting stories. I mean, okay. you know, Jesse, he's he taking me too about- long. What he also said, get to the point, okay, that Bill Clinton was on that plane with the girls that shouldn't be there. That's what he said. What's that guy's name? What was his name? Uh, I can't remember. Hashtag that yeah. guy didn't kill himself either. Detective Fiston. Have hashtag Detective Fiston didn't kill himself. Start that one now after that clip. More in a moment. And we are back live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. 888-900-3393 is the number. Steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email the program. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. If you are listening to us today via the podcast, thank you. If you wouldn't mind taking some time out of your busy schedule to give us a five-star review. Now, we'd never ask you to lie. So if you don't like the show, maybe just keep that information to yourself. If you kind of like the show, though, we would we would absolutely ask you to embellish. I mean, consider it's the Christmas season. If you think it's a three-star show, you know, consider bumping us up to a five-star, right? Because the more of those we get, the more people like you, the algorithms that now rule over us all help us to find more people like you. And then the more likely we are to get to continue to do this for a living. Because if you've known us for at least five minutes, you know it's kind of this or nothing, right? Either this thing works or we're going out Thumb and Louise style. We're just not nearly that pretty, all right? So um, I don't think you guys want us hurting Donald Trump's excellent uh, unemployment record as president because there's no plan B here. So help us to stay employed. Do it for the children. Ours, all right? So, and if you've already given us a five-star review, consider doing seven or eight more. I don't know if that's allowed, but let's find out together. 888-900-3393 is the number. Steve at stevedace.com. Again, that's how you can email us. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, it is Pop Culture Tuesday, where we look at the intersection between pop culture, which trending there, and also conservatism. But before we get there, this has been a topic that's been trending in pop culture and also conservatism, and that is what exactly is going on with Chick-fil-A. We have covered this story already a few times. We've done a town hall with those of you in our audience asking you, do you feel betrayed by Chick-fil-A, or should we take the advice that we gave those on the left who had uh, Chick-fil-A derangement syndrome several years ago and just say, hey, it's just a chicken sandwich. Matt Staver is here with us from Liberty Council. He's done a lot of digging into this particular controversy. And Matt, it's good to see you, brother. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Steve. Good to be with you. So first and foremost, Chick-fil-A, what's truly going on there? Because as I've tried to dig into this story, Matt, I've come to one of two conclusions. Either A, 
Um, they've gone. This is, you know, the deterioration we see of institutions throughout, you know, uh, the history of our species. But in the West, eventually they end up succumbing uh, to the zeitgeist and the spirit of the age. Either that's going on or they have the absolute worst promotions and marketing department in all of corporate America. I can't really come up with a, a middle answer to that, given the way they've responded to this controversy, Matt. So is there a middle answer? And if there's not, then which one is it? There's not a middle answer. I think it's a combination of both, but really it's motivated by your first uh, point. And I think there's been a change. We've done a lot of research, unfortunately. You know, Truett Cathy started Chick-fil-A as a very strong Christian-based company. And then if you move historically to 2012, that's when the Family Research Council was attacked. That's the same year that Dan Cathy was on a radio program, and he was asked a question. He said that he believes marriage is the union of a man and a woman. And the person, Floyd Corkins, who wanted to commit mass murder at Family Research Council, got the information from the Southern Poverty Law Center's website, went there to commit mass murder. Fortunately, he was stopped, but he brought with him Chick-fil-A sandwiches, intending to rub them in the faces of the dead corpses. Now, that's 2012. 2014, Dan Cathy made a statement that he regretted saying what he did two years before in 2012. And things began to change. One of the changes was with one of the original funding ministries of Chick-fil-A with Truett Cathy, and that's Paul Anderson's youth home. And that home was defunded by Dan Cathy and company because they said it was, quote, anti-gay or anti-LGBT. Of mm. course, it wasn't. It just believes in marriage as the union of man and woman. But the LGBT activists labeled it such. So they wanted to walk away from the very organization in the ministry that Truett Cathy was behind and gave that first major contribution to. Then they began to do that, obviously, this year with Salvation Army and Fellowship of Christian Athletes saying, again, that that was an anti-gay organization and they wanted to walk away from it, no longer funding it. But here's what they did. They put forth their Exhibit A, their poster child, for what they do want to fund and what they want to be known for as they want to be clear who they are. And that's their statement as they move into some of these additional markets where they're getting pushback, including Canada and other places in the United States and Europe. And so to be clear, they put forth Covenant House. And Covenant House is a radical LGBT organization. It supports Drag Queen Story Hour, it supports the New York City Pride Parade. It, in its training program, requires some of the employees to wear buttons to declare their own personal pronouns. And this is what Chick-fil-A says, this is the new face of Chick-fil-A. Well, when you look at other things that have been happening and you look at the list of organizations they've funded, it includes the Southern Poverty Law Center as recently as 2017. It includes pro-abortion and pro-LGBT organizations. Hmm. So while they've been moving away from the Christian market in terms of their support, they have been including pro-abortion organizations, pro-LGBT organizations, moving in a complete different direction. So what we see is staff, board members, and policies being implemented that have been going on for several years that just really became obviously manifested this year with their public statement about who they are and who they want to be known for as they go forward in the future. So, Matt, I want to give you a chance with that volume information to to respond to a couple of the uh, 
issues that my audience has brought to me about this controversy, uh, given the amount of detail that you know that I don't. Uh, the first is the, the the phone call that Franklin Graham, and he's talked about this publicly, uh, made to uh, to Dan Cathy about a month ago when this controversy first broke open and just said, hey, I'm, I'm just going to call my old friend directly and find out what's going on. And he uh, said that uh, he... I think posted this on his Facebook page, kind of his recollection of the of the conversation that Dan Cathy denied that they were changing their mission or walking away from the core values that established them as uh, as a company. Their old COO um, had a book out earlier this summer and was on our show uh, here talking about that book and and the 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 value the values that uh, that drove Chick Fil A to become the unprecedented success that it is. Um, so, I mean, this is something that's clearly been a part of their corporate culture. And Dan Cathy told Franklin Graham, hey, it's not true that we're walking away from this stuff. These are low-level volunteer uh, you know, people on these charitable boards making these calls. We're not endorsing this corporately. How would you respond to that? Well, first of all, Dan didn't say that latter part, that these are low-level individuals. That was something that came out in a subsequent article, but it wasn't Dan Cathy. And I appreciate Franklin Graham. He is a real staunch warrior. He's a friend. He is somebody that I highly admire. But frankly, Dan Cathy misled him. And of course, now we even see that with his Facebook and his Twitter account, Franklin Graham has moved away from that original statement, and he now expresses concern about the direction of Chick-fil-A. He wouldn't be making that statement if he hasn't seen, and I know he has. I know that he's now seen the information. I know when he made that post, it was solely based upon Dan Cathy and not other information. And Dan Cathy can say, well, they're not walking away, but their actions speak louder than that. Dan Cathy, amazingly and interestingly and startlingly, did not discount any of the concerns. Never to this day have they tramped down these concerns. And in fact, what they do have in their history is they've hired the person at the head of the foundation. He's an Obama and Hillary Clinton supporter. Uh, they also have someone that's the current president and COO. He still serves on the Boy Scouts and uh, advisory board. And we know what direction the Boy Scouts went on this very issue mm -hmm. of compromising to the LGBT community. We also know that they have people that are on their board of advisors that support the Southern Poverty Law Center. Uh, but that wasn't a low-level employee who made that contribution. I know, and we all know, anybody who works in nonprofit or corporate areas, not an employee can make a contribution. There are very few people, high-level executive individuals who have check-writing ability. That check, that contribution was given by a high-level person whom works in the executive branch in the foundation of Chick-fil-A that made the decision to give contributions to not only Southern Poverty Law Center, but let's look at a host of others. The 990 that has come out, which lists the contributions that they've given to, has a litany of pro-abortion organizations, organizations that support Planned Parenthood. They're funding them. Organizations that are radical LGBTQ organizations, Covenant House is just one of many that they've done. So, you know, you can say generically we haven't changed, but the history, the documentation, the evidence shows that there's been a gradual change that's happened at least since 2014. And now it's becoming even more evident how far away from the values Chick-fil-A has actually moved 
from what Truett Cathy originally envisioned. Matt Staver here with us from Liberty Council here on the Steve Day Show on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Uh, forgive me, I, I did conflate the uh, the two, the second one that I was going to ask you about, because I've had several members of our audience go to their local Chick-fil-A franchisers and ask them about this. And their franchisers have been very dismayed um, in the feedback they've given them at what they've heard, but corporate has assured them that these were you know low-level charitable donations given by volunteer members on a charitable commission. It should not be seen as direct endorsements of Chick-fil-A fillet corporately so i conflated those two things but that is the second one i want to ask you about and and you think that's your your point is that's total bunk as well yeah first of all volunteers and low-level employees cannot make contributions if they recommend them somebody high up in the corporation has to sign the check that says who are we sending this to oh the southern poverty law center sure i'll sign that somebody signed that and that's just one of many now The problem is making decisions and ultimately hiring the wrong people because it looks like what has happened is Chick-fil-A wants to expand its corporate footprint. It's getting some pushback. There's been a lot of support. Like, for example, in San Antonio, they got pushback from the airport. The legislature then passed the Chick-fil-A religious freedom law there in Texas. But that's not good enough for Chick-fil-A. They want to move into Canada. So what did they do in Canada? They hired a very radical pro-LGBTQ lobbying organization, the same one that pushed forth with same-sex marriage against all the Christian community sentiment there. They hired that same lobbying company so that they could make headway into these different communities in Canada. They're also doing the same thing in Europe. They want to make sure that they can expand their corporate footprint in the United States. So they're listening to the LGBT lobbyists and they're thinking, we need to come out with a specific statement. And that's what they did. The president COO did an exclusive interview with BizNow, and they said, this is who we are. This is what we want to be known for. And here's the exhibit, Covenant House. And all you have to do is go to their website or their Facebook, and you can find how radical Covenant House is. No Christian organization ought to be supporting that radical LGBTQ organization. And yet they've held that out as an example of who they are. They want to placate the LGBT community to expand their corporate footprint. But you know what? They're completely ignorant of that community. They only smell blood. This is not going to be enough for the LGBT community. So on the one hand, it's not going to be enough for them. On the other hand, it has alienated the Christian base. And the worst thing, it's hypocrisy. On the one hand, they've been supported by Christian organizations, Christian individuals. I was part of the Chick-fil-A Day in August of 2012 to stand for Mm -hmm. Chick-fil-A, but they have publicly now humiliated, betrayed, and frankly, they've done serious harm to the Christian community because they have legitimized, they've legitimized the rhetoric of the SPLC, that if you believe in human sexuality between a man and a woman, marriage between a man and a woman, then that somehow labels you as a hater and corporate America ought to back away from you. That is a dangerous proposition that Chick-fil-A has frankly legitimized, and that's harmful. Yeah, I, I tried to explain to our audience who may not know the inside baseball 
of of who the SPLC is or just heard this term and with conservative media outlets that they follow and cover, but they don't really truly understand what this organization does. And they may have remember it from another era when it was primarily known as a civil rights organization, um, you know, and uh, coming out of the, the uh, Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. era, for example, and it's far yeah. afield from that. But I, I, yeah. I, I, the analogy I used for my audience to understand why this is so upsetting to people like you and to me is in this line of work, because because I'm on the target list of an organization like that with what I do, um, is the SPLC is essentially donating to them as a, as a, it, it, it is essentially donating to Nero's rebuild Rome after the fire uh, fund, after he blamed and killed the Christians for the fire he started. That, that, this, is, this is an organization who intentionally slanders the brethren, to use a New Testament phrase. Uh, they, they do this on it. That's their, that's their business model, is the slandering yeah, exactly. of the brethren along the lines of what you just described. That's what they do. Exactly. And they have actually said that their intent is to destroy organizations that believe in the sanctity of human life marriage as a union of a man and a woman, and some other organizations as well. They want to destroy them. They're a half a billion dollar uh, organization in terms of assets. They've got hundreds of millions of dollars in offshore secret bank accounts. And their intent is to destroy Christian pro-family conservative organizations. And as a result, that's why Family Research Council was attacked by Floyd Corkins. It was related directly to the Southern Poverty Law Center's so-called hate map and he wanted to commit mass murder. We also know that the person who shot Steve Scalise and others in the Republican baseball practice game, he was a follower of the Southern Poverty Law Center. It's why at Liberty Council we have security cameras everywhere. It's why we have shooter, active shooter training drills because these groups, Southern Poverty Law Center, is literally out to put out false rhetoric which inflames individuals to want to commit bodily harm against Christians, conservatives, and pro-family individuals. You would not want to fund that. And yet, when you go buy a Chick-fil-A sandwich, some of that money is going to organizations like that. We know it for a fact. And other organizations that support abortion, that support harvesting baby body parts and selling them for a profit. And that's where Chick-fil-A money is actually going. So they have been duplicitous. They've wanted to profit off of the Christian community support while betraying them to move into these other communities and placating the LGBT communities. And they've been doing it behind the scenes corporately and in their policies. And finally, they came out with an open public statement to say, this is who we are. So we have a choice as individuals, and that choice is to speak up. It's worse than, say, a secular corporation just using its money against our Christian values. That's bad enough. But when an organization puts on the cloak of Christianity and wants your support and then takes your money and your trust and puts it into organizations to fund them that kill children, that destroy God's design for marriage, and that are intent on destroying Christian organizations, you know, I don't know what you say about that, but that's certainly duplicitous. It's a betrayal. And I think Chick-fil-A, and I'm praying that there's still time for it to reform, but they're going to have to make some serious decisions. They're going to have to remove some of the people that are in their executive boards and in their executive staff. They're going to have to defund some of these anti-Christian organizations. And I pray they go back 
to the original values of Truett Cathy. Final thing, Matt, I think what has a lot of people perplexed about this particular story is it's a, it's a tale as old as time. Uh, you and I are not political neophytes. We are aware of, of folks who get power, acclaim, fame, wealth, um, based on their convictions, and then when real testing of those convictions come and they feel like those things are at stake, wilt. Right? That's that's not a that's not a new story. All right. That, that that's you know get thee behind you know get thee behind me, Satan is not a new story. We we that's we all wrestle with this in 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 these frail mortal coils, and you know uh, until the Lord returns, this is our constant f- uh, fear and lament. You know that we will be disqualified. We will not finish the race. Right. I think what makes this particular case so perplexing to audiences like mine is that this is a company that had conquered all of these forces. It is yeah. the number three uh, service industry, fast food industry entity in the country. Okay, I mean it's only behind Subway and McDonald's. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know how much more money do they need? How much more of a of a stock price do they need? They already are involved, and they they didn't lose any of their major sponsorships in college football or ESPN or any of that world. They stood up against this entire zeitgeist, okay, and and with the help of of, of audiences like mine and organizations like yours, withstood all of this, and then their profits grew even greater afterwards. And I think what is just so perplexing is. All of us can look at somebody who falls when tested, when they feel like if I don't give in, I'm going to lose everything and feel like some empathy by the grace of God, therefore go I, right? I think what people are struggling with is they won. They won. They won, and yet after winning, it's like it's like they went back into the into Tokyo Bay on the USS Missouri after dropping the bombs and getting the surrender treaty, and then went back a few years later and said, you know what, on second thought, you know, Hirohito is God. We're going with your kind of way of life after we just defeated it. I, I think a lot of our audience is struggling to make sense of that part of this. You know, that's really true, uh, Steve. You know, if you look at their per um, capita income from each one of these, it's almost double in some cases than some of the other fast food competitors. Their corporate uh, average per chain or per outlet is over $4 million, and that is double some of the other ones, like even McDonald's, like in the two-plus million-dollar range. So they did succeed, and how did they succeed? They succeeded by standing up. They succeeded by their values. And they succeeded because the Christian community and others supported them. And even those that didn't support them supported them that weren't Christians because they liked the food. The problem is, how much is enough? They wanted more corporate footprint. It's corporate greed that seems to be driving this. Mm. I understand that they're in the business of selling chicken and that they don't want to be tagged as anti-LGBT. I get all that. I, I understand that they have to deal with that. But... If they're going to present themselves as a Christian organization, which they have, how can you regret making a statement, as Dan Cathy said, two years later, I regret making the statement that marriage in the Bible is between a man and woman. How can you regret that other than you change your values? And I think the changing of the values, ultimately deciding we need a bigger corporate footprint, we want to expand in other countries outside of the United States, and we're getting some pushback, and now they begin to change their values. 
I think what will happen to Chick-fil-A, unfortunately, if they don't go back to their original founding vision of Truett Cathy, will be the same thing that happened to the Boy Scouts in Canada and what we see happening to the Boy Scouts in the United States. They also won, but they decided to capitulate to the LGBT community. And nothing is good enough for that agenda. They want 100% participation. They want you to be a cheerleader. So this will not placate them. This will not open up more doors. In fact, it will shut the door to the Christian community that supported them, that made them successful where they are today. And in fact, they're either going to have to go continually down that road and become completely immersed as a cheerleader for the LGBT agenda, which it seems like that's the direction they're heading. Or I pray alternatively, enough Christians pray and speak up and ultimately ask them to reverse themselves, that they have a come, you know, like an apostle Paul on the road to Damascus experience, uh, that they actually reevaluate the direction. And maybe this is that moment in time. It's a critical moment in the history of the Chick-fil-A business. Either they're going to go down that road further or they're going to change and go back to their original vision. My hope and prayer is that they go back to the original vision that Truett Cathy had when he founded the very first restaurant called the Dwarf Restaurant in Georgia. That was the very first one. And I hope that they go back and reevaluate what has happened this year. Matt Staver from Liberty Council. Matt, good to see you, man. Thanks for joining us here today on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. All right? Thank you. Good to be with you. You bet. Gentlemen, your thoughts on the conversation we just had with, uh, with Matt Staver. There are a lot of moving parts to this story uh, that were, you just heard laid out that are all uh, worth uh, considering. But ultimately, this to me is a pretty simple tale. And I've said it before. Uh, Dan Cathy didn't really understand what he was saying when he said marriage is between a man and a woman. Uh, He's a a bit of a man out of time. He thought he was saying something that was fairly commonplace. He didn't understand the level of cultural war we were at. But God blessed it nonetheless, as he often does in the Bible. Many different people doing different things under different circumstances. He blessed it. Miraculously. That company was doing pretty good. It was doing all right. But this happened to happen during a time uh, of uh, the whole uh, uh, Romney chicken thing. Mm-hmm. The, the lines going out the mall doors, just uh, uh, totally flummoxing the people I worked with at the uh, uh, Des Moines Register. It truly, by, by today's standards, utterly miraculous. And they kind of rode it for a while. But, eh, which is something we've also seen in the Bible uh, numerous times. Uh, the story of Solomon and on and on and on and on. It's This is a biblical tale as old as time. A man who was blessed, a.k.a. King David, ultimately saw Bathsheba over there and said, where's Uriah? Because uh, I got some uh, work to do to uh, square this away the way I want it. Already had everything. Yeah, so yes. this is, they're not coming back. They're not coming back. Aaron. Well, at least we still got Hobby Lobby. Um, that's so that's cool. Um, this is there's there's not what what can you say? You know, there's there's the um, there's the relationship maybe um, that you've had in the past where you think everything is equitable everything is fair everything is good it's a it's a rewarding relationship you feel secure in that and then you turn around one day and uh, somebody stabs you in the back 
and they have been stabbing stabbing you in the back, you know, without you really even knowing it for a, a, for a long time. You feel like an idiot is what you feel like. And that's kind of where I'm at right now with Chick-fil-A. I mean, it's, you know, um, you just take for granted once something like this, an institution like this has been painted the way it has been. And, you know, not without merit, as Todd just pointed out, but you do feel you do feel hoodwinked. You do. You are made to feel a little dumb now at this moment. And it's it's all because they started chasing money. They started chasing uh, corporate footprints um, and and sold you out in the process. We're no we're no stranger. If, if you're a conservative, if you're a Christian who's paying attention to culture, we're no strangers at all to sellouts. Not at all. Um, that's, that's an understatement. But usually it's in the political world where you kind of expect that, or if you've been alive or breathing or sentient for more than five seconds, you kind of expect that when it's coming from the Cathy's and coming from an institution outside of government and politics and, and advocacy groups, things like that, you think, you know what, there's still some bastion of, of traditional Americana and when you find out that bastion of, Mer- uh, of Americana uh, is now donating to organizations that want to shank you at every op- opportunity, I feel kind of dumb. I feel mad, of course, angry, but you just feel kind of dumb. Like, that was too good to be true, <laughs> right? So that's, that's where I'm at. I mean, at the end of the day, guys, it's a restaurant. But still, it symbolized something a lot more than that. It's um, it's it's also, I think, striking how this went from zero to sixty, like a Ferrari or a Lamborghini. Like we didn't even rev up here, like a like a you know like a Toyota. You know, there, there was not like a gradual erosion, right? We just kind of all woke up one day, and bam. Here we are. And I I think the first time we talked about this and the analogy you gave of they really just weren't prepared. They didn't have the foundation. They really weren't strong enough to hold the line. I think that's right on the money. I just am still fascinated by the fact there was there's no line to hold. They they won. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean I don't I don't there's they won. Well, they won. I, I don't, that's what to me is the most. And I'm with a lot of people of our in our own audience here. I, that that's the most perplexing part about this to mm-hmm. me is they won. Yeah, they were they were given a miraculous level of favor right. really that should it so why would you just, just go on riding the wave or faking it at least you already won steve did god really say oh yeah you already won <laughs> i just can't get over that part of it you already won i will come back and we'll have pop culture tuesday as the conservative porn wars continue next
if you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. Before you consider replacing them, try Genesis 950 because it's an amazing pet stain and odor remover with water. Genesis 950 breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so that they are gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet stains and odors from carpet and all the way down to the padding, and that's the key. Because you can you can shampoo your own carpets, you can vacuum them, try to keep them in good shape, and they look nice on the outside. And you're wondering, why is that smell still in here? The padding is the issue. And that's where Genesis 950 can help you as well. And it can also be used in your carpet cleaning machines. And it's so green that it's safe for your families and pets. So if you're tired of pet cleaners and carpet cleaners that don't work, it's time to try Genesis 950. And you can use this all over the house, by the way. The, the grease stains on the floor in the garage, even on the nice quartz and granite in the bathrooms and kitchens. But where it really shines is in cleaning your carpets, especially if you're getting ready to put down some major coin for new carpeting. Before you do that, give Genesis 950 a try. And right now you get a discount if you use promo code BLAZE at Genesis950.com. Genesis950.com. Genesis, like the book of the Bible and the band. Genesis950.com. Promo code BLAZE. All right, for today's uh, for this week's pop culture segment, it's probably going to be impossible to have this conversation without having it be at least PG-13, all right? So if you have children there and about, like um, I wouldn't, you know, have, well, my youngest is now 12, so I might, but if you have young children um, and you don't want them to listen, um, if you're listening live, you might want to tune in later, grab the podcast or if you're listening to the podcast and the kiddos are in the car, what have you, you can just fast forward and come back later on and listen to this, okay? Because I think it's a very important conversation, but it's it's certainly not one for small children, all right? So you've been warned on the count of three, two, and one. So there's there's this, this is now we're on day three or four of this conversation about... Um, what should the conservative position be on pornography? Should it be banned? Should it not? And as I said yesterday, I can totally understand why someone would have the position of, I find this particular um, industry and content to be destructive to those involved and the society that it's serving it up to. But I'm extremely hesitant at a time that we need more platforms of information that are free for the exchange of ideas than less. In an era where we are literally seeing major anchors at CBS News lobby in real time on television, Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook to have his millennial avocado obsessed, avocado toast obsessed algorithm engineers uh, filter, which you get to see for the election next year. I'm really hesitant about letting government wait in on this, right? We had this, we, and I think all three of us, I can't, absolutely can understand why someone would have that position. It's the only, I think that's the only defense for, for that yes, position. Yes, yes, okay. Unfortunately, that position's not been articulated very much, if at all, that I've seen in this debate, okay? And maybe that's changed um, in, 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 in the last, you know, 24 hours, because I still see people talking about it. But, there's there's a, there's a couple of issues that I think as a movement we need to consider on both sides of this. Number one, and this isn't for Pop Culture Tuesday, but another time. 
we are not a nation built on individual rights. We are a nation built on God-given rights. I've seen people point out it's authoritarian to have government come in and impose on your individual rights in any way. Well, you clearly don't believe that. Otherwise, you'd want all the prisons emptied. So, at, at clearly we all agree at some point government should come in and impose on your individualism, right? Yes. Yeah, and, and when is that point? When you impose on somebody else's God-given rights. So we're not built on individual rights. We are built on God-given rights. Your rights come from God, not from government. Therefore, government cannot take away that which it has no pre-established jurisdiction over. The Constitution of the United States begins with the words, we the people, in order to form this more perfect union. Meaning the, the, the rights that those people had God-given rights before there was a Constitution. Okay? Constitution doesn't guarantee you those God-given rights. It, it enshrines that its role, the role of government is to protect them. That's what it does. Now, because we are all individually, fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of our creator, our God-given rights flow to us individually because he has counted the hairs on my head and yours. He gives and wants a relationship with me and you individually. God does not require my association with a particular church, a denomination, or any structure to have a relationship with me. And the same goes for you. And therefore, government behaves in the same way. You are not granted rights because you're a certain race, creed or color or gender, nor should you have them taken away for those reasons either. If someone commits murder and they're black, they lose their rights, not because they're black, because they created murder. That's why. Does that make sense? It does. Okay, so that's another topic. I, I've seen a lot of conflation with that on conservative Twitter the last couple of days. And that happens on virtually every moral issue. This idea that you are autonomous. No, you're not. It's as if you're saying we can't talk about the founding of this country without bringing up God. That's weird. You know, we, yeah, you're right. Hmm. That's so, so this whole republic thing hinges on God-given rights. Because if God didn't give you your rights, good luck saying I have rights because I'm an individual. Well, chances are you don't have a division of tanks in your backyard like the government who will run over you does. All right? So you better hope. You better hope government recognizes that your rights come from God and not from you or from it. Because what government can give, then what can government later do? Take away and then give to someone else. Redistribute your rights after all. But we'll, we'll, let's table that because that's not unique to this conversation. That I've been dealing with that fallacy amongst alleged conserv about con from conservatives and even people who really are conservatives, but haven't been educated on a lot of this stuff or thought it through. I, I, we'll have that conversation on a lot of these topics, not just this one. I want to I want to challenge the the people on both sides of this debate who feel strongly about it, though. And and on the grounds of of. Because I still believe the vast majority of people identifying as conservatives that want this legal just want it legal because they want to access it. I absolutely believe that. And uh, you know why I believe that? Because I'm someone who has, has fought the porn battle throughout the, the course of much of my life. So I think I'm pretty well wired into the mindset of the person who likes this particular sin. I am one of them. <laughs> All right. I wouldn't presume to tell those of you that have fought drug abuse 
you know, I, I, you know, what, what, you know, triggers you and what doesn't, I haven't walked a mile in those shoes, but I have done marathons in this one. So I know this one chapter and verse. Okay. So I, I still think that's, what's driving most of this. And it's not just the men, it's the women. My wife will attest to this. Okay. I, I just think the majority of people that are conservatives that want this legal, want it legal because they want to be able to access it. But for those of you that aren't in that camp, there's a couple of things I think about the porn industry you need to understand. So what, what happened is in the 80s, coming out of the 70s and the sexual revolution, and they won a lot of the obscenity cases in courts, you know, Kentucky versus Sanford's the most famous one. And one of the Supreme Court justices literally said, I, I, obscenity, I can't define it, but I know what it is when I see it. That was Kentucky versus Sanford, I believe. So we come out, we, we come out of these obscenity trials in the 70s. And the and the and the porn comp- the porn peddlers won these trials, and and then you'd start you'd see neighborhoods, like New York City was replete with porn theaters right there on you know main streets where you're, you know walking up and down the street to go to school. I can remember driving around, living in Orlando, Florida, as a small child, and my mom covering my eyes. You know these we weren't living in the sea. We were a middle class family. We weren't living in the seedy parts of town. These were. Uh, replete in America, well, except for the where the where the where the rich white woke folks live, they don't they don't let that stuff in their neighborhoods. They just let you have it, okay. And so what happened is Reagan gets elected, Ed Meese becomes Attorney General. There's a crackdown on all this, and the Reagan administration wages a war on porn. At the same time this occurs, there's a technological revolution called the VCR. And now I don't have to go and watch in some theater next to some guy in a raincoat, okay, like Pee Wee Herman or Walter Matthau. I don't have to do that to go access this stuff. It can just be mailed right into my mailbox. So on on one end being threatened by the Reagan administration and Ed Meese's office, the attorney general, legally on this stuff. And then with with the convenience of modern technology, a lot of those theaters went away. Because the stigma was returned to, to go to these places or to open them up. And they were just, it was just easy just to get this stuff just mailed, videotaped, mailed to your home. Or go into the back room of a, of, a, of a video rental counter and access it there. When I was in college, we used to go do that stuff all the time when I was in, in, in that age group. And that created the, the modern porn star. And women like Jenna Jameson, who's now a conservative activist, who was tweeting about this yesterday, and in agreement with a lot of the stuff that you guys are saying, Todd and Aaron, by the way. Um, but but what happened is no longer were the women caught up in this um, Linda Lovelace, who were essentially abused women taken advantage of by their husbands. Uh, or drug addicted, or the woman who the quintessential, you know, that's what the song Welcome to the Jungle's about from Guns N' Roses. The stereotypical woman who shows up, gonna make her name as an actress in LA, doesn't work, and she turns to stripping, and then stripping only pays enough of the bills, and then the porn guy comes to her. That now there were young women and beautiful young women that were like, hey, I, I could make a lot of money doing this. I like sex. Why not do it? There's strict testing standards and everything else. Um, it's a pretty exclusive club. I can travel to, you know, I can be a star. Why not do this? And in many respects coming out of the eighties and into the nineties, this industry corporatized 
and became a, a major industry. It was generating more money than every franchise in the NBA, Major League Baseball, and the NFL combined. Combined. Every franchise. And then the internet happened. So the argument that this is just consensual sex amongst people, it's not hurting anybody, no one's forced into this industry, I'm not hurting anybody by accessing it, um, you could have maybe had some grounds. I, I still don't agree with that argument. Okay. Again, as someone who's got a, a lot of experience with porn, I'm, I'm pretty knowledgeable on this topic, but I still don't agree with that argument, but it, but it would have sounded better and had more merits 20 years ago when Jenna Jameson's showing up naked on Howard Stern's show and in his movie private uh, based on his book, private parts. That was, that was the notion of the glam porn industry. But then the internet happened. And now what happens is all of us can make porn on our phones. Like we can make anything else and record anything else. And what you've seen is a lot of those major multi-billion dollar corporations have tanked. Because I don't have to access a major porn company like a Vivid to be a star now. I can just do this. My boyfriend and I, my husband and I, our friends and I, we can just do this in our homes. Put it up on Pornhub, Pornhub or one of those sites, get millions of hits, and, and the process has become democratized. With it becoming democratized, however, is, is the, the number one pr profit vehicle of the human trafficking scum is pornography. It's not even close. So you have no idea how many of those quote-unquote amateurs that you're accessing are really couples that that you know this is their kink that's that they like it it's how they get off or how many of them like the case we just had a couple of weeks ago where people recognize this is a girl that had been kidnapped she's being human trafficked yep there's no way to really know and it's probably more than you know so i i just i want those of you that are on the civil libertarian side of this to understand this isn't a massive film set in Sherman Oaks, California, where the Ginger Lynns and Jenna Jamesons of the world are making millions of dollars living the glam life as really the, you know, high-priced Matahari type of call girls. This is not what's going on here anymore. This is the profit-making vehicle for human traffickers. So just consider that societal cost. I'm not sure how many of you are aware of that. Because that's been lost in a lot of this conversation. It's, it is, is that part of this equation that needs to seriously be considered. Any thoughts on that before I go quick? No, no I'm just going to go quick to the other side of the equation because we're running out of time. I just saw the clock. Now, on the other side of the equation, those of you that want this banned... Are you prepared to model and represent healthy sexuality to the, to the culture and your own children? Are you fully prepared to do that? Because you've been outsourcing a lot of that knowledge to the porn industry uh, from Playboy to through today's online entities. That's where I learned. How about you, Todd? Where'd you learn? Yeah, more or less same. That's more I learned. Yeah. So 
we've been outsourcing this as a culture to these entities for decades. Let's not lie to each other. Let's be honest about that. We have. I first learned about this from Finding Dave's Penthouse magazines. Where did you first learn about all this kind of stuff? Playboy magazines that were found like, do you remember like they, they were just like after they were they were just like piles we would yeah. find dumped in the woods or yep. things really yeah. you could, it was it was bizarre how often that happened it was just like you could and then you got old enough and you realized that it wasn't an accident anymore you go yep. there because you knew you could find them. I, reading Dave's penthouse forum letters I learned more about I, I learned that's how I learned and that's how most of my classmates that I grew up with and peers they learned about sex from entities like that not health class. So the, the God who made you, who says sex is between a man and a woman in the bonds of marriage, also created the orgasm, also created the clitoris that serves no function we know of biologically other than stimulation. He put all those nerves in the penis. Are we prepared to show the culture and our own children, therefore, why? We're going to find out from the emails you get after that yes. last 10 seconds. And it's not strictly for the act of procreation, by the way. Every time you, when, a, when a teenage boy has a nocturnal emission, there's no conception there. He's not sinning. He's not committing the sin of Onan. That's just biology. Are we, are we prepared to fill this void? Because the fact that we weren't created the market for Kinsey and Hefner that gave birth to all of this in the first place. So it's not going to be we either get rid of this and then we go back to prudity. We talked about the Puritans at the top of the show. You ever read the love letters Jonathan Edwards, the great Puritan pastor, wrote to his wife? How many kids they have? Thirteen. And I don't know that they hit the target. I don't think those are the only 13 times they had sex, guys. I'm just going to guess. So if we're going to do away with this, are we prepared to have real conversations about oral sex, mutual pleasure, what are boundaries, what are not? Are we going to do that? No? Well, then you'll never be rid of this. And so I wanted to just I, I wanted to close the loop because this has gone on in conservative Twitter for the last few days, and I just wanted to close the loop with a challenge to each side of this debate to consider an angle to it that has largely been unaddressed by both sides in what I have been following. We had about twenty seconds. Final quick thought on any of that? On both sides of the fence, you're talking about human dignity. You don't get to throw it out uh, over the fence under any circumstances and expect the government that you want to be the size of a postage stamp. Yeah. I mean, this, the ultimate, um, ultimate responsibility is with the individual a- as well. Um, which is where a lot of people couch this and stop there. Uh, but it's a both. And yes, the government, the, we do want limited government, but it's at the end of the day, it is on us. Thank you for tuning in here today. We're going to stick around and do the overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers, blazetv.com slash dace. If you'd like to subscribe for the rest of you, see you tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.